from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. You're listening to Radio Taiwan International, and I am Natalie. So, up this hour, we have Hashtag Taiwan, where Leslie Lau gives you the latest social media trends. And we have Status Update, our interactive show with Shirley and Tomash. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It is Tuesday, April 26th, and we are coming to you from the studios of uh, Radio Taiwan International in Taipei. And uh, with me today is Shirley Lin. Hello. And I am Natalie So. We'll be talking about how Taiwanese actually lived healthier and longer during the first year of the pandemic. And um, a female business leader talks about the female advantage in management also be talking about solar panels and dog shelters here in Taiwan. Those stories coming right up. Well, Shirley, we actually have some good news coming out of the first year of the pandemic here in Taiwan, which is quite amazing because most of the world saw, I'm sure, a higher death rate, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and a lot of public crises. And we actually added five healthy months to our lives on average oh, during 2020. Okay. That's in com- comparison to the year 2019. Mm-hmm. And a big reason for that is that everyone was wearing masks and oh, yeah. washing their hands. Right. So, and also we, you know, we did quite a good job of containing COVID. So we didn't have too many cases, although we did see some deaths. Um, right. We did see cases, but actually we also saw the disappearance of many other infectious diseases, such as influenza, pneumonia, yeah. the common cold. Right. Well, I mean, we have to let our listeners know that actually Taiwanese people are very used to wearing masks for one thing. That's true. And, yeah. So we're, you know, we don't go against the government's regulation and say, no, we're not going to wear a mask. But, you know, we feel fine about wearing a mask. And that really makes a difference, I think. And we're, you know, we're uh, uh, people who pretty much is obedient. Law to, abiding. Yeah. And maybe yeah, paranoid, say, too, about health issues. Oh, that, too. Because we are. Anxious, right? I know, yeah. Because um, we are one of the, you know, the highest in terms of aging population in the world. And so um, there's a lot of, you know, more older people and they're very concerned and they can get panicky and everything. But yeah, I think um, that is one thing. People do panic and and worry. I remember in the beginning, I mean, uh, when I had to still resort to taking the subway system to get to work, there was hardly anyone in the MRT. And um, yeah, we had to wear masks and everything, but you know, like there was hardly anybody. But now that we've got it pretty much contained, um, we feel more at ease about taking the public transportation. You see that the crowd or the load of you know passengers is pretty much back to normal and everything. Um, but um, yeah, I think that that uh, that I think it uh, contributes a lot to the fact that uh, because of the fact that times people don't mind wearing masks, you know, and we are a law-abiding people, and uh, people are more careful. They're more concerned. 
So that's why we run out of things like Panadol and things like that to prepare ourselves in case we do get, you know, COVID and things like that, right? I mean, I know that, you know, every time when I hear news saying that, oh, you should stock up on Panadol or you should stock up on this and that or even like on, you know, on rapid tests. I'm thinking like uh, rapid test kits and I'm thinking like by the time I get to these pharmacies or stores, they're going to be totally run yeah, out. Yeah, And too. it's so true. Even like we, we still, we had this egg um, shortage, <sighs> you know, yeah. and now we're running that again. Right, right. They're, they're not in every store. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of times they're not available at the no. major uh, grocery right. stores. Yeah. You have to go to the smaller stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like traditional wet markets, then they would definitely have them. But anyway. Well, I think it's um, interesting that we used to wear masks before. I mean, I didn't wear masks before until I heard there were actually some benefits. Like mm-hmm. when it, it, in cold weather, if you wear a mask, you're less likely to catch a cold. Yeah. Right. Even, even if you're, you know, totally healthy. But it's, it's good practice, actually, to wear a mask in the wintertime. Right. It feels like an extra piece of clothing. You know, it really keeps you warm. And especially after COVID began and they were wearing masks, it really, because it gets really biting cold in the winter here because of the dampness, you know, and we don't have heating system. And so, um, but now, you know, um, during the summer, we might loathe wearing masks because it's really suffocating. But in the winter, when we wear it, we say, oh, this is a good thing. You know, it just really keeps us warm That's from true. the wind, you know, biting wind and dampness. Yeah, so. And people would wear them if they have colds, mm-hmm. right? So Out of courtesy. It's out of courtesy. Or people who are paranoid. Right. <laughs> we had one of those among us. We don't yes. need to name who it is, but he wore a mask every time I saw him. Yeah. And got so. really uptight if anyone sneezed around him, right? <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is so true. So some people are paranoid and they wear them all the time. Yeah. But you do need to be cautious, you know. Um, and I think we do have that culture. People just wear masks out of courtesy of others, you know, like, um, That's you true. know, I, I really don't want to inc- inconvenience you, you know, pass my cold to you or something. So um, I think that makes a difference how we can do a little, you know, a little better uh, during COVID compared to other countries. You know, masks are also good for uh, sun protection. Well, especially oh, you okay. have the cloth ones. Okay. Like these yeah. paper masks don't do too much. Because one time my son was wearing one of these paper masks uh, at the beach and he still got sunburned. <laughs> but, um, you know, the cloth ones and they have some with UV, you know, uh, material. Oh, okay. Uh, it's really good for, it's actually a kind of really good sunscreen yeah. if you're afraid of... Um, you know, getting damaged by the sun. So yeah. there are actually a lot of good things about wearing masks. Right. And anyway. I think um, some, it, it depends. I mean, some of the cloth ones, they kind of cover more mm. part of your face right. from the sun and things like that. Whereas, you know, um, sometimes these disposable ones, you know, yeah, they, they don't, probably yeah. don't work as well. Yeah. yeah. That's why I wear like the really big cloth ones. Mm-hmm. It's mostly for sunscreen, yeah, actually. Yeah, I've seen you wearing those. So anyways, that's good news. You know, I think that it's actually good practice to always wash your hands. Yeah, for right? sure. And I think having masks on, it's actually led to um, 2,000 fewer deaths in 2020 than the year before. Oh, I wonder how they, you know, work out these math. Well, <laughs> I guess in general. Yeah. yeah. So and then the first time um, in 11 years that the number of deaths and mortality rate decreased, we also lived um, more five more healthy months. So, you know, because they, they, they keep track of how many healthy months a person has in their lifetime and how many months of being um, ill, you know, uh-huh. or, or disabled in some way. So yeah. it was actually good for us mm. overall. I wish I it was the same around the world. I don't think it was, right? Right, yeah. But, um, yeah, hopefully um, 
people can uh, keep up some of these good habits, right? Right. We can't say more. The fact that, you know, really should wear a mask and wash your hands, you know, constantly and try to keep social distancing. I mean, these three factors are very important. Right. Um, We can't say enough of this. Yeah, can't can't say enough of this. It can't hurt to be on the safe side, right? Right. Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. about solar panels and dog shelters. Yeah, I think this is awesome. And actually, I got I see a picture of this. It looks so professional. Like, you know, this is the, the panel, um, solar panels uh, on the roof of this uh, animal shelter. Because, I mean, I mean, I visited not that many animal shelters in Taiwan, but some of them can be kind of run down. But I can see how so much stress and pressure it is on those people who run those places, you know, to be able to keep it clean, keep it, you know, friendly and all that and, and good for the for the strays. But um but this particular one is a new Taipei City's Zonghe district and it's become the city's very first animal shelter to use solar panels. And it's actually bringing in a yearly savings in utility costs that could you know, in turn, buy 840 kilograms of dog food oh, instead. Wow. Yeah. That's so, a lot. Yeah, this is according to the new Taipei City Animal Protection and Health Inspection Office. So these panels were actually installed last month uh, to cover about 1,000 square meters of the shelter's roof. And it was actually a joint venture between the city government and a photovoltaic company. So the solar panels are made of like semiconductive uh, material that uses sunlight to generate electrical energy in a process that does not emit carbon dioxide or other greenhouse gases, and um, and so the project helps the agency helps the agency to contribute to Taiwan's efforts to cut carbon emissions. You know, it uh, provides a cooling effect on the shelter. So then, the solar panels was able to improve on the shelter's insulation and this other thing, air circulation in the dog pens. I oh, think that's, that's good because so sometimes, you know, when you go to these shelters, you know, you think that it might a little bit stinky and mm. like smelly, but it's because of bad circulation. But this actually helps with so many other factors other than just saving that energy. wonderful. Yeah. And so the panels, they, they're there to power air conditioning and uh, which would lower the temperatures in the dog pens by three to five degrees during the summer. So that saves on, on electricity bill <laughs> for sure. And the solar panels um, actually generate 76,000 kilowatts of power. That sounds like a lot. And cut carbon emissions by 38,000 tons, which is the equivalent to planting nearly 3,200 trees. Wow. So it's... So many benefits. I know. This example is enough for, you know, other shelters, but not only just shelters, but any building if you want to go green is that you might spend a lot of money in the beginning, you know, installing mm-hmm. these solar panels, but actually in the long run, it's going to save you a lot on cost, on power, you know, electricity, on a lot of different things, you know. And um, it says this green energy project enables the shelter to get value out of unused floor space Ooh. and improve the conditions for the animals and, of course, protect the environment. And I care a lot about environment issues lately. <laughs> so really? I think that's really important. I think that's great to know. Um, you and I, you know, we, we own cats. 
And I right. cared so much about animals. I mean, when I see strays on the streets, mm. my heart goes out to it. I'm thinking like, oh, if, is there anything I can do for it? So to hearing this kind of thing, I mean, I, I'm really glad. I mean, there are so many strays out there, especially in Taiwan. I don't know why that is, but um, I think I know that it goes back to the fact that a lot of people think that, oh, it's cute to own a pet, but then when they not cute anymore, when they grow up and not cute anymore, then they kind of just let it out in the open or something, which is That's really, terrible. yeah, it's abandonment. I know, which is terrible. And I've, ever since I've owned a cat, you know, whenever I see strays on the streets, I, I feel so sad. I just wish, you know, I could do something for that cat or that dog. But um, I think, I think it's also important that if you do, you know, like take them in to a shelter, that you want to make sure that it's a good environment for them to, you know, to, to live in until they find an owner. But if they don't find an owner and they're staying in, in, in the shelter for so long, you want to make sure that they're happy. And the only good and healthy environment will make them happy, you know, so they don't get sick as easily. I don't know. That's what I think. But So yeah. you got your cat out of shelter. What was it like there? Tell it actually wasn't that. bad. The shelter was actually um, a kindergarten turned shelter. But oh. then I, I heard that at the time when we adopted our cat, they were moving. And I don't know where they were moving to. I'm not quite sure where they moved. But um, it, it was it was pretty it was not a big place, but they have close to like about 20, 30, maybe even no about 30 um, strays um, cats. Yeah. And um, I thought the people were young people who actually worked there. And I think they tried their very best to really keep it a very nice environment and they feed them, you know, abundantly. Um, I don't know. This is like a side point. But um, they say that if you feed them like canned food to add water. Because cats don't like to drink water, ah. and but that's the way to to make them drink some water. So you know, oh, my cat likes to drink water. Oh, that's good because I'm not sure if my cat, you know, drinks water on. I mean, I do give it a bowl of water on the side, but I don't know how much it actually drinks for that from that. But at least I think it's peeing a lot, so I think it's drinking enough water. <laughs> but you know, um, so I think it was pretty nice. I, I know I went first time with my son to you know look at the shelter, and I had good feelings about it. So. Um, so we finally got one from that shelter. So yeah, and how's your cat doing? She's doing good. You know, I realized that it really takes a long time to get used to the cat and for the cat to get used to you. Because I was thinking, like, wait, this cat is not turning out to be like you know what I see having a cat is because she's not very um, like she doesn't like you to hold her, mm. and if you try to play with her, she likes to bite you. <laughs> and I That's was like, normal. wait a minute, oh, oh really? God, that I don't know because I think every cat is different. I think personality wise, I think most cats don't like to be held. Yeah, I mean once in a while, but usually they because they like to be they have to find themselves be independent. They yeah. don't want to be like constricted. Yeah. So if I hold my cats, usually just for a few seconds, and it jumps out. <laughs> I just realized that. Yeah. Right. And if they're yeah. not in the playing mood, mm -hmm. or if you're like annoying them by the way you're playing with them, they're gonna like tell yeah. you through their biting right yeah 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 you're right so i'm learning so much but um it really does take time you know building a rapport with a, a cat i think compared to a dog oh definitely especially not that i own a cat right? dog but anyway. yeah oh yeah because so it was definitely a stray before mm -hmm. yeah so i think it tries to protect itself gets very gets a little bit defensive mm -hmm. yeah right but anyway we're loving her now that's little great. by little, yeah. So it's good to see shelters getting into the environmental yeah, trend. I know. Green energy is the way to go. Okay, so I saw this interesting um, statement from the 
Woman on Boards Association Chair. So she is, her name is Jacqueline Tsai, so she's the chair of an association of uh, women who are on board of directors, you know, pretty powerful women there. And she said that women actually have an advantage in management Mm -hmm. and that they actually are more empathetic. So their uh, approach is more to manage people, whereas men prefer to manage issues. (laughs) So I can see that. You can see that? (laughs) Really? Well, you've had like women managers uh, besides me, Paula, too, right? Well, yeah. And you probably worked with other people, too. What do you see? Well, Well, actually, I was thinking more about, you know, during COVID, I mean, there was um, there was some reports, kind of like you know, comparing between female presidents. That's right. As, as opposed to male presidents, and how female presidents are more responsive to the COVID situation, more empathetic. Right. That's right. They see it as a people yeah. issue and a public health issue. So, right. President Tsai Ing-wen is a wonderful example. Right. 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 She did not take it personally, like, oh, this is a you know a threat to my um, power. Whereas right. you see many men doing that they were in denial they're saying there's nothing wrong it's oh, a I big know. deal yeah, right. and, and you know they're politicizing the pandemic so yeah. much where they they just could not uh just follow the health and the science mm-hmm. issues that involve and also new zealand's you know right yeah uh, i was just gonna say you know these female yeah. presidents of other countries too yeah they seem to do a better job that's true yeah so you can't say women leaders are week or something no you can't really say that yeah so i mean some people would say uh women are more emotional okay well i can you know partly agree probably with that, but they are yeah but, but there's a good side to that there's good side so <laughs> they, they they do have that human element right mm. so they think about the human side of uh leadership or, right or the people that they're leading also um, she said that, you know, in an era of uncertainty, it's even more important to manage people, you know, because they're feeling a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And she believes that uh, feminine qualities have been able to shine at this time during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Also, she found that uh, in a white paper on female governance, over half, which is about 57% of the companies that saw increased earnings per share were led by women in Taiwan. Okay. So actually, the companies that did do well um, were led by women. I mean, mm. over half. Mm-hmm. So I okay. think that's really good. That's kind of nice because sometimes we have this stereotype of men being natural born leaders or something. Right. You know? I think times have changed. You know? Times have changed. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I think women are more sympathetic and more, well, empathetic and they're, they try to understand, you know, um, understand you. Whereas I think you're right. You know, men just tend to think like they take it as an issue and they want to, you know, find a solution for the issue and they have to like try to resolve this problem or they just, you know, deny the fact that it's an issue. <laughs> but as for women, I think we tend to be more patient, trying to weigh out the situation and trying to understand, you know, how people, I think, I think women are just naturally, even if they're not mothers, they have this this you know mother nature in them to take care of people i think i think that's how women are yeah we're more sensitive to people's feelings i think i mean this is i think it's a good thing i mean i'm sure there are some men out there very sensitive too we're not like yeah we're not totally like anything (laughs) but i think that women tend to have a more higher sensitivity to people's feelings right 
I think also, and um, I don't want to offend men, but I think there's probably less of an ego factor too, mm, like okay. in leadership. Yeah. Like men may take things personally. They may think, you know, they got to prove how dominant and strong they are. Mm, they think that's, that makes for a good leader. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you can see it in the COVID response, right? Mm-hmm. Like how some national leaders were in denial or they're mm-hmm. just trying to, you know, uh, pretend the COVID pandemic away where it's still there right and, mm. but whereas women will, will deal with what's really the situation right and and in a way that will be helpful to everybody right you know thinking about the big picture and not just how uh it affects their image or their ego right so i think i think those are good qualities that um you know that makes for a good yeah, yeah makes for a good leader and i might say that you know i think women are more responsive maybe you know to um situations or critical you know um yeah situations or whatever i think more more quick in responding and you know i, yeah, I remember compared um, to men yeah like i mean RTI English was led by Paula for such a long time. She was really, really a nice boss. Yes. Whenever you had a problem, she you just felt like she was there to support you. Oh, yeah. Right? Like when she I had of, um, illness yeah. in my family, mm-hmm. she kind of somehow made a way that I can spend more time with my family, you know, oh, in the that's States. that's nice. Yeah. Um, when my mom was very, very ill and well, things like that. I feel, I feel like she was just... Uh, right away, she knew the need, you know, right. on a human level, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I thought was very special. Yeah. She kind of made our work here um, easier because <sighs> she knows that sometimes there are all these, you know, demands from upper management. And she she understands, you know, how we would feel or something like that. She kind of like, I don't know, trying to ease into the issue, so to make it easier for us so that we don't get all too reactive or something. I don't know. She's just a nice boss. She yeah. was really super nice. And yeah. she took on a lot of little things herself. Oh, yeah. That she probably it. didn't need to. I think that's why she had to retire early. <laughs> she took on yeah. too much stress, right? I so, know. Um, anyway, from what I hear, she's doing quite well. I mean, mm-hmm. better, you know, mm-hmm. more relaxed. Yeah. And, uh, Have happier. some time for herself, right? right? So, yeah. Um, but I think that's great that this, I think she's right, this woman, uh, Jacqueline Tsai, she mm-hmm. should know too, because she's like the head of the Association for Women on Boards. So mm-hmm. that's a lot of female leaders that she knows. Right, right. She, it, it's kind of nice as women to know that we have our natural strengths, right? Right, yeah. So um, anyways, if you agree, let us know. Um, do you have any female bosses? <laughs> what do you think of them? Right. Um, and we have a big boss, President Tsai Ing-wen. I think she's doing a great job with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not perfect. Not everything has gone perfectly in Taiwan. We've had our ups and downs. Yep. We're dealing with a big outbreak now. And now our new COVID strategy is actually changing very quickly. Mm-hmm. So um, for those who may be wanting to come to Taiwan, we're actually still going to keep our 10-day quarantine rule for now. Yeah. Which is well, it's kind cut of, down from 14. Right. They were thinking of seven, but I think because we're dealing with a current outbreak a big surge right and we're still trying to handle it so that we can live fairly normal lives but um i guess we don't want too many uh foreign cases but actually the imported cases are so small now compared to compared to domestic cases yeah Yeah. so i'm kind of surprised that they didn't let up on that but Uh maybe one one step at a time right maybe in the future so did you get your booster shot shirley oh yeah it's always um safer to make sure you get your third booster shot but um, for those who haven't, we do recommend that you do 
you know, to protect ourselves, but not only that, to be considerate of other people, especially those who are elderly people That's in true. your country, you That's know, true. so. Have yeah. your elderly and your family got booster they, shots? They all got booster shots, That's so they great. should be fine. But to be on a, you know, um, on a cautious side, they're going to just try to stay home. Well, yeah. you know, people are getting it. Stash has it. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, Leslie's in isolation because of right. that. So it, yes. it is going around. It is going um, around. But he's doing okay. He seems yeah. pretty... He's still working. <laughs> <laughs> At <laughs> home, yes. He's very capable. It, it yeah. didn't hit him too hard. Right. So most of our cases have been very mild. Miles. Yeah. Um, we hope that you're doing well amidst, um, amidst COVID. And mm-hmm. uh, thank you for tuning in to Here in Taiwan. And stay tuned for Hashtag Taiwan and Status Update. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. And I'm Shirley Lin. We'll see ya. Bye. You are listening to Radio Taiwan International. Visit us on our website at en.rti.org.tw and on YouTube at youtube.com slash rti English.